Hey guys, this is Liz Cambay. This is Nikki Collin. What up, guys? It's Ethan Starkey. Hey, this is Imani Lee Stafford. Hey, this is Jordan Canada. This is Asia Wilson. Welcome to the WNBA Nation. What's up, WNBA Nation? So pumped to hop on mic tonight with my good friend, Logan Jones. What's up, Logan? What's up, Kyle? Good to be here. Hey, dude, I, if, if, is it weird that the regular season's over already? It is and it isn't. Because, uh, you know, everything's weird. So I'm just glad that we got through this. <laughs> it feels... Successful and we did it. Yeah, you know? it, it feels like like the season has gone by extremely fast, but also I have felt like for a long time that like I'm watching so much basketball. I'm watching WNBA basketball like every night, like a couple games a night that I felt like I've been like filled. Does that make sense? Like, I'm just like, I'm at my maximum capacity to process and I'm not even like finished processing one night's games before all of a sudden I've got three more to worry about the next day. Like, it's been overwhelming, so it's kind of nice to like be moving into the playoffs and get a little bit of a breather, but it also obviously has gone by extremely fast. So I've got really weird mixed feelings about this. I, for the players' sakes, I obviously hope that by next year the schedule is normal and there's no bubble and we're all back to living our happy lives. But I'll tell you what, it's pretty fun having a meaningful, like a game that I have a vested interest in every single night. Um, yeah and, and i you know let's be honest like not all of them are bangers you know <laughs> we've watched the games because we want to bring you information about the games and we want to cover the league and that's mm-hmm. you know, we consider that our responsibility to you our listeners but every night since the season began there's been like "Ooh, kyle what are you excited about tomorrow night boom that one and then the night after you know la versus seattle or whoever like like there's always like a, an A and a B and a C option and the A and B options are usually like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm it's pretty that. significant. Like, like there's, there's been a few times when it's like Indiana and New York play and it's just not a very good game. Right. Like there's been a couple of those, even those, even, but even some of those have been solid. Yeah. Like you know, maybe down the stretch at the end of the season, it's kind of like, well, this doesn't have impact on the playoffs and Sabrina's hurt and stuff. But especially at the front end of the season, uh, you know, the Mystics started off hot and then went one and 12. The whole middle section of you know, like, the Mystics, <laughs> I felt like I had a hard time getting really invested in their games because it just felt like this tailspin that I was watching Mystics, like the Mystics but, like, but go through. Now, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how we're going to do this episode and then our, our, exciting, our exciting playoff preview episode, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now suddenly, you know, there's there's intrigue for almost every team in the league at almost every point in the season. Um, and I, I'm excited to to get into the playoffs and things, but really they I I was proud and not proud of, I was impressed by how interesting games at the bottom of the standings continued to be through the end of the year. Yeah. Like top to bottom, it was so it was crazy to see like even it was really, really late in the season before all of a sudden New York wasn't eligible. Like they were eliminated from playoff contention and they'd won like two games and like they still had a shot. Like it was, it was really wild at how late 
I mean, even today, like games today, like having impacts on seeding and not even just seeding, but who's clinching a playoff spot. Literally the last game of the regular season came down to who's going to clinch like this last spot in the playoffs. And so from, you know, a, a blistering hot start from some teams, some an ice cold start from Connecticut um, to the very last couple of games of the season have been just chuck full of intrigue and every little bounce has had an impact on this game or impact on the season. You look back at, it's a game that we bring up all the time, but that, that game that New York almost stole and probably should have from Las Vegas, like that changes, that changes, you know, several seeding uh, or several seeds and maybe gives New York a little confidence to, to maybe upset some others or maybe squeak into the playoffs themselves. Like you never know what you know a, a little bounce or a, a call here or there could do to totally change the landscape in such a shortened season and that's what this season as short as it was like and is just it felt like we had nothing 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 fire hose like as much as that as much as that has been the case it's been a such a fun season to cover because of now i'm i'm, I'm hoping we don't do this again and that we get back to just, you know, regular basketball, but it was a fun season to cover because of like you've mentioned, like every night there seemed to be something that had a really significant impact on the league. And, uh, and I, I love it. I mean, everything from records being broken to, you know, teams, you know, basically people who we weren't expecting to see anything from like becoming, you know, all stars overnight, like, yeah, like there's just so much to this season that I absolutely, absolutely have loved. And especially compared to the worst case scenario, which for this season was very bad. Like the worst yeah. case scenario was very bad. Um, mm-hmm. Like thinking about how many rookies got their feet wet this year in, in a 22-game season uh, instead of having a lost year and like next year's draft bringing in even more rookies and maybe not even making rosters because of competition and um, thinking how many records were broken, performances that were exciting, rivalries that were uh, kind of already blossoming, but now have come to like full fruition. Like, yes, just having narratives to follow through the season instead of just calling off like, oh, we just had an off year. I, I think in that in that situation, we would have almost had to start from nothing next season and be like, let's see what we have. We don't know what anyone looks like. And yeah. this year we get to kind of tie these results to what happened last season and into the future. Um, because I feel like this is enough of a sample size to feel like a legitimate season. I don't think anyone's out there saying like, yeah, Seattle and Vegas have been playing great, but you know, it's a bubble season. Like I haven't yeah. felt that at all. To me, I, I feel like there doesn't need to be an asterisk next to this season at all. Yeah. 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 I, I, I think that this feels very much in, and has fulfilled uh a full season, obviously not like a normal full season, but everything that it needed to do, I felt like this bubble has done. And honestly, kudos as far as I'm aware, Logan, unless, unless I'm, unless I miss something, no positive COVID tests like period throughout this bubble. Correct. Yeah. Uh, and that's for, for players and staff. That's, that's huge to not have a, you know, I know a lot of people have gone through the process, have been stuck in the process for a week or two and had, you know, troubles with it. But 
you know, or having, tested positive before coming to the bubble. Right. right. Yeah. It, you know, my fear was like, what if it runs through a whole team and they have to cancel games and then they don't play a full schedule. And like, it, mm-hmm. it, I think people need to realize how quickly this season could have fallen apart. And instead um, really <laughs> as with everything, it, it seems like this league really led the way in, in many ways in terms of how to make this happen. Uh, and now in both the WNBA and the NBA, um, the postseason is going to be able to be really fun because the bubble has worked. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that I'm so, I'm just so glad that they went ahead, made this decision. It was a risky decision. I think that it was something that a lot of, a lot of us were really hesitant about, you know, we weren't sure how we felt about it. We were, you know, you had a lot of different opinions about it. Um, I think overall the fact that it was so successful um, I think, uh, I just, I am so happy that it worked out. Um, I know that, you know, I had my questions. I know that, you know, we as a show, like even had kind of our own reservations to, about all of this, the fact that it ended up being successful and that we, they were able to not have any, you know, not have any positive cases come through at all. Like that's like just a successful season all the way around and just kudos from the top to the bottom of the WNBA, like all the way from Kathy Engelbert down, like just a huge kudos to all of you for having some vision on this um, and executing it in such a way that has allowed everybody to enjoy some basketball and keep everybody safe. And I think that that has been like, I don't think that, I don't think that any of us without having any of us who aren't in the bubble will truly know all the efforts that went into all of this and how much extra work happened because of this and how many extra hours were put in by people to make sure that the season could continue and that the season could happen. Um, we, I don't think we'll actually see all of that. And, and so we may not tr- have a true appreciation for it, but we just want to say thank you from, from our show, from all of us, like, for all the extra efforts that all of you have put in to make the season a reality and to keep players and staff and, and everybody uh, safe through this. And I think that's, it's just a huge W what a way to start uh, what a way to overcome and start your uh, I guess your uh, term as the WNBA uh, you know, commissioner uh, Kathy Engelbert, just impressive, just really, really impressive all the way around. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, any, any other thoughts that you have just as on the season as a whole, Logan? No, I'm ready to, uh, I'm ready to make people mad and, uh, (laughs) discuss, discuss (laughs) what we've been discussing. We have a really healthy pre-record tonight. Oh Uh, man, an extensive pre-record. Before we do that, let's, uh, let's let people know what's on the horizon, uh, for, for tomorrow's show, because I think that will be. I think that will be very fun. Yeah, absolutely. So as you're listening to this, uh, there's a really good chance that you're listening to this and in just a couple hours from this hitting your uh, listening device, your phone most likely. I don't know why I said listening device in case you still have an Apple, like an iPod touch or something. I don't know. But uh, <laughs> but if uh, we'll, we'll be recording a full playoff preview. Uh, and as far as our plans are right now, obviously – you know, subject, subject to, you know, something falling through, um, all four of us hosts will be on mic. That's right. Logan and I have been, have been, uh, 
you know, doing this through the regular season. Uh, Steve's going to be back on mic with us and who, and then Jason, who hasn't been on mic for quite a while. Uh, again, he's, as all of you already know, he's been uh, attending med school in Barbados. Uh, he's back in the United States now. Um, it because sounds like I'll, a joke every time. It sounds like a fake scenario, but he's back in the United States because all of their classes moved to online. Um, and so he's like, hey, like, I'm in the States, so let's record. Like, you know, he's got a little bit better access to some facilities and things that he can do some recording and, you know, has his recording equipment back with him. And uh, so we're excited. We're hoping to get all four of us on mic tomorrow night and be able to put together a full playoff preview for, for you to enjoy before uh, the first tip-off happens on September 15th when the Chicago Sky face the Connecticut sun and the Phoenix Mercury uh, line up against the Washington mystics. And so we'll give you a full game preview of those matchups, as well as our predictions throughout the remainder of the playoffs, what, how we see these playoffs shaking up and eventually who we all pick uh, as our WNBA champions of this 2020 season. So that's, we're really, really excited about that. If you can't tell, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a blast. I'm super pumped about tomorrow's record. Do you know why, uh, why Jason couldn't record in Barbados? Is this a joke or like a real thing? <laughs> the crystal clear ocean lapping outside of his window. was so loud. <laughs> Because the sound of eating like fresh ocean caught fish and the, yeah. The waves of paradise were literally on his doorstep and he had no quiet place to record. He's like, sorry, it's so noisy with the ocean right next to my house. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's awesome. Um, Logan, you and I, so yeah, we kind of just, obviously, you know, the, the season's wrapped up. I mean, real crazy ending actually for the last kind of these last two games today with some major implications of actually all three games with some implications. Um, but especially these final two games between the, the aces and the storm and then the mystics and the dream as far as who would be the number one seeds and who would be, uh, who'd be the number one seed. And then who would be that last spot in the playoffs. It literally came down to these last couple games. Um, just a, a blast to watch these, watch these games. And Logan, after an entire season, pretty much of seeing the Seattle storm, just dominate at the top in the last seconds of their season, they drop a game to the Las Vegas Aces who take over the number one seed. Thoughts? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> certainly, if I, if I looked at the standings today and I would have shown them to myself a week ago, I would have been like, oh, wow. Like, how, how did that happen? How did that happen? And honestly, I don't know how much of this to save for tomorrow and how much to, to divulge today, but listeners, I'll let you in on a little secret. The Aces aren't the best team in the league. <laughs> <laughs> They've been on the Storm's heels all season. And it feels like, especially with sitting Sue Bird and Bree Stewart in that game and only losing by two, it, it certainly feels like when they're ready to flip the switch and go full bore towards the championship, they are still going to be impossible to take three games from. Mm. Uh, but 
I'm, you know, I'm sure they still wanted the number one seed. I think it matters to them. I think it's important to note that the Aces are a good enough team that they got 18 wins and they secured that top spot. But I saw some tweets going around today about how their odds of winning a championship go up because of their potential matchups and things like that. I think their odds of making the finals go up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I still think that it's. I think their odds of making the finals go up, but I still think that Seattle's going to the finals. Yeah, the the double buy for the top two teams is is huge, and I I do think that under this scenario, the Aces get to kind of avoid uh, the Sparks, Mm -hmm. which. You know, I, I think the Sparks very well could be equal to the Aces in talent and ability to win a series. Um, but I, my thoughts, which is what you asked, is uh, it doesn't doesn't matter to me that much. Doesn't matter that much. <laughs> I, I am that confident. And, and normally, I do not like teams that try to coast to the playoffs and then turn it on because that's when you know. I do believe that you need to be playing well and and feeling it and playing the type of basketball you want to play in the playoffs before you get there. I'm very confident that Seattle has the ability to play playoff level basketball by the time, you know, the semifinals rolls around, which is worth noting that both the aces and the storm will be sitting for a number of days uh, yeah. while the first two rounds, you know, these wild card single elimination rounds play out. So I think they just opted for extra rest uh, knowing that they have a championship run in them and that they, you know, they didn't need to risk anything tonight against Vegas. And right. When they clinched the double by, do you think when they clinched the double by, they said, Hey, we're sitting Bree and Sue. I think so. And you think the decision was made then against that. And I, I don't think that's disrespectful to the aces. I think they still played their butts off trying to beat Vegas today, but the number I've said this so many times on the show, the number one indicator to me of who's going to go all the way is what team is healthy and playing their best basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if you have an unhealthy team that's trying to gut it out, you might get through a round or two. If you have a team that's ice cold that hasn't been playing well, we're looking at you, Chicago, uh, you, might, you, might not, <laughs> you might not get through even though you're a talented team. You need healthy, rested players to make a run, um, and the Storm are going to have that. So I – if if you can tell me with a straight face that you think the Vegas Aces are the best team in the league, uh, I I won't necessarily argue with you. Um, they had an excellent season. I think they're really fun, really special team. Uh, and I, I think the Sparks are too. They're always kind of on the outside looking in because they're not in that double by situation. But I don't really see anybody catching them in a one-game eliminator. Um, but regardless, you know what I'm more surprised by? I sat here in this same seat a week ago and told you there's no way Dallas was going to miss the playoffs. Uh, They had a game up on everybody and they had the easiest schedule and the Mystics were missing, missing all their players and had a horrific one. I thought the Mystics were for sure not going to make it because I think that's when we were looking at things and saying, Hey, like, They've lost a lot of games. <laughs> that's, I think that's the story to be talking about. I think at the top, it's, you know, Aces and Storm are destined to meet in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't really matter whether one is one and the other is two. But, you know, I thought Arike Ogubawale would be a tough out in the playoffs. Uh, and now we will not see her. We will see the Mystics. And I, I don't know how to feel about it. I think I'm actually kind of upset because I would have preferred to see a Wale versus one of these other teams and, and see an interesting, uh, interesting matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've doubted the Mystics all season and freaking coach Mike has them in the running. 
Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I don't know what to say other than to congratulate the Washington fans who put up with our, uh, our predictions a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah. I mean, they're coming, they're squeaking in, squeaking in as an eight seed, but as, uh, as I've heard uh, other coaches say, all you need is a chair and a chip right? You just need, you need a chair at the table and a chip to buy into the hand and you never know what can happen. Uh, and just, and just try and get there. Um, I agree. I think the mystics making the playoffs is the biggest story right now. Uh, they went one and 12 through the middle portion of the season and as soon as we made that note, since then they've gone. They've won four of their last four of their last five to yeah. squeak into the to squeak into the playoffs. Uh, yeah, and so I'll, I'll tell you this: the the award we're going to talk awards here in a minute, um, and we're going to debate some some things that I know you guys, you listeners, are going to want to ask us. The award I care about most this season, and this is weird, um, is the most improved because I think if Maisha Hines out. <laughs> not win most improved this season it is an epic like failure on the league's part i i have to give her that i think that she's got to be very high up there i'll say this as i think it's because how wild this season has been there's been several players that i think you could make arguments but i agree i think heinz allen has to be right like when you talk about most improved she's probably if she's not the first name that you bring up, she has to be the second. Um, like she's, she's way up there on, on my list of most improved, but I don't know, man, there's been a few others that kind of out of nowhere have caught my attention, you know? Um, I won't be, uh, there's I won't a few off season signings that happened that I thought that was an interesting move. And I don't know why they're doing that, sure. that out of nowhere have become very valuable for their teams, you know? I, I won't be upset if the MVP goes one way or the other. I won't really be upset about coach of the year because I think there's so many good candidates. I do have a favorite for defensive player of the year, but if it's not her, I'll live. That's right. one that I'm going to be watching real closely. Uh, right. I, I think she's the one to beat. I, yeah, I, I think that she's way up there. I'd, I'd maybe throw like Kalia Copper in the running. I think that she's got her, her improved role with Chicago is, uh, has done wonders. Um, yeah, there's a few others that we could that we could really get into, but yeah, I I think that that's a really, I think some of the awards this season are going to be really unique. Um, I I feel like defensive player of the year. Um, I don't know if there was a big in the league that caught my attention for defensive player of the year as much as some of the wings and guards that I've seen. Um, I'll, I'll make this prediction my top two or three defensive player of the years are guards and wings. Um, I, I, I will be surprised if a big finishes as the defensive player of the year this year. I'll put, I'll put that one out there. That might be a, a slightly spicy take, but uh, yeah, that's, that's my call there. Um, can we just real quick, before we hop into, we're going to have a, a little debate you and I here in just a little bit. Uh, can we just there's a few records uh two in particular that come to mind that i want to bring up um that we saw happen this season uh you know there and there was a few there's a few kind of through uh through different 
areas and, and whatnot. But the two that stick out in my mind are all-time rebounds and, uh, and assists in one game. And seeing both of those fall in this season was, was kind of fun to watch. Sylvia Fowles becoming the all-time rebounding leader in WNBA history. Um, and then being able to do that and have um, Rebecca Brunson like on hand to go and congratulate her as it took place, I thought was a really special moment this season. I thought that that was, that was something that, was, that felt like when that happened, that felt like a, a, a time that, I don't know, like it felt like a sense of normalcy, even though there wasn't a crowd there to like cheer, like everybody on both teams and all, you know, everybody was, was clapping for her. And, and I thought that was a really kind of a special moment to watch, you know, anytime someone becomes the all time leader in a category, like that's something that you're going to have to just take note of and, um, I mean, and you watch, you just watch her play basketball and good luck to anyone on this planet out rebounding her one-on-one, like just watching her, she's a machine underneath. And I thought that was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal, uh, moment in league history, uh, for me. Uh, what were your thoughts on that, Logan? Yeah, that was really fun. Um, especially because, Minnesota is one of those teams that I didn't know what we were going to get this year. Um, And it, I don't know. It's like what we were saying at the top of the show, which was just like, if we didn't have this season, we would have missed a lot of these moments. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we, we would have missed a lot of the, the, the rookies like up and coming and showing us what they've got, but we would have missed out on a lot of veteran players. And I, I think uh, that would have been a really terrible way for the careers of like Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi to end with yeah, just, just like nothing. Yeah. Cause I, I really believe, and I, I believe they've said as much, at least I think bird has that without being able to play this season, it, it might've been it. She's 39. She came into the league in Oh two. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's a long time to be playing basketball. And you know, every one of these, it's a high level athletes has lots of other things that they want to do with their lives and um, move on to the next stage. And it's, you know, I'm I'm dreading when it happens, but I'm glad that if this is the last that we see of them, they both go out as, you know, Subert's played 10 games this year. Diana Tarazi's had one of the hottest stretches of her career in this year in the bubble. Um, but I, you know, Bird's team is poised to make a championship run and she's going to be part of it. And Tarazi is poised to play heartbreaker for some teams higher in the standings. Yeah. And so, honestly, for a decent chunk of the season and especially toward the end i i think that had phoenix finished a little better in the standings tarasi is real strong candidate for mvp yeah. you know you, this late in her career to be to be pushing that i yeah. it's just it's really impressive to, to kind of circle back to your initial question about the the rebounding record you have to remember when you're watching this league that you're watching a league in its 30th year or so that's a rough estimate i'm, I'm just throwing that out there but it's in its infancy. You know, when, when the NBA talks about playoff records that, you know, were set in 62 and 84, that's because the league has a hundred year history to draw from these records being set by bird and Trazi and fouls and Vandersloot in a game, you know, the 23 year, 24 year. Yeah. Like history. Establishing the standard that, that women are going to grow up looking up to and trying to beat for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not 
it, it seems to happen often in the WNBA because this is the class that's been playing in the league for an entire professional career. Um, but the next generation will have those legends to look up to and build on. And I, you know, I don't know which ones are going to stand and which ones are going to fall. We talked it in pre-record about some, some records that might be set that may never fall. Um, and I, I think we should just enjoy what the veterans of this league are giving us at the same time as we enjoy the young up and coming like faces of the league, um, which are more of the people we're going to talk about for the rest of the show. Yeah, no, I agree completely. I, uh, kind of coming back to that, the, the other big, um, record that was, that fell in my opinion was the most assists in a WNBA game, uh, Courtney Vandersloot with 18 against Indiana back on August 31st, the prior record, uh, there was actually two games, both by, uh, Penichero who, uh, who dropped 16 uh, when she was playing with Sacramento um, back in 1998 and 2002. And to see Vandersloot come through and drop 18 and beat that record by two was just really, really special and memorable. Um, Vandersloot's had several 15 point perform or 15 assist per- performances Um which is, you know, she was right there from, from tying that, you know, record of 16 several times and then just busted through and, and dropped 18 in a game. And uh, I thought that was a lot of fun and, uh, you know, kind of, kind of fun to witness that happen, right, uh, in, a, in the middle of a weird off season. Um, and I, I just thought that was kind of a, a, another one that I think deserves mention um, during this during this crazy um, and and unique season to see Vandersloot pop up and just absolutely destroy assists in a game, uh, which also, by the way, uh, ladies and gentlemen, gives her, in a shortened season, understandably, she did average 10 assists per game, which is, mm, like... <laughs> I don't do uh, it, 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 I'll, I'll, I'll let you in on a secret. It's another record. Okay. Like <laughs> um, the highest assist per game or the assist per game average, the highest assist per game average over a season, the top three are all Courtney Vandersloot. Um, and she's six, like over the last three seasons, at last four seasons now has improved her own record. Uh, so in 2017, she averaged 8.07 assists per game, which was the record at the time. She then beat that record the next year in 2018 by averaging 8.6. And then the next year, then last year in 2019 beat her own record again, averaging 9.09. And then for the first time in WNBA history, um, in a regular season, seeing Courtney Vandersloot average double digits, double digit assists per game. Um, now, I guess off the top of my head, I don't know if this is including playoffs. So perhaps if Vandersloot doesn't get an assist and Chicago loses, uh, maybe she drops a. But no, I think she still would. I think she still would be uh, oh, setting the record for most assists per game over over the season. So uh, there's just another record falling. Uh, during this WNBA season uh, that will, that has just been a blast. 
Um, Logan, let's get into kind of our main topic that you and I, we've been chatting. We wanted to give a little wrap up to the season and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this with Steve and Jason tomorrow, but we wanted to, you know, highlight a couple of things there, but Logan, let's talk about what kind of has been the elephant in the room. I guess you could say on Twitter, the last couple of days, especially has really heated up this discussion and I'm very interested um, to, to have a, um, I guess, a debate between the two of us. Now, for those of you who don't know, who, haven't, uh, who, who weren't listening to our show back when we first started uh, uh, you know, several years ago, what, three, four years ago now, um, we actually, the four of us were on a podcast together uh, called This Is Important. And on this is important. What would happen is we would take suggestions of debates that people were having, you know, with their friends, with their family, whatnot, um, you know, uh, like Mayo versus Miracle Whip or uh, uh, Top Bunk versus Bottom Bunk or Bill and Ted's versus Back to the Future. And, you know, we, and we would take these suggestions of arguments that people were having and we would pick sides and we would debate them. And then we would take that, that debate, we would, you know, publish the episode and then, you know, 24 hours later, we'd put up a poll on Twitter and, you know, have people vote and see what the general consensus would be on Twitter of, of, uh, you know, which is better mail or miracle whip, right? For example. So that being the case and that being kind of a, a grassroots element to how we actually got into the WNBA was spending all a lot of our time podcasting together in that manner and then getting connected into the WNBA and then the four of us taking our podcasting experience there and, and creating this show. I thought that it would be a little bit of a, a fun throwback, Logan, to to do a this is important uh, a mini this is important episode within our WNBA Nation episode here. Uh, discussing the 2020 MVP debate. Uh, so, Logan, uh, it's coming down to two players. So, how about you? You set this up for everybody. How this is how this is exactly going to function for the for this portion of the show. All right, uh, we're gonna make our arguments uh, based entirely on players we truly believe are going to deserve the MVP, but we haven't decided it yet. We're gonna decide it with a coin flip right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm pulling out a nickel that I found in my car. Nice. And uh and Logan, I'm gonna allow you and this is gonna be where I, I legitimately probably would just casually mentioning like I don't have pennies. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on nickel status now, bro. Get on my level. <laughs> if I can find a spare nickel, it changes my day. Um <laughs> so I've I found a nickel and uh so I, I don't have, I'm not on, on camera or anything, but um, I'm just going to, I'm going to flip it. I don't have a, I don't have a preference because I spent a lot of my day today really considering an argument for each of these two players for both Asia Wilson and Bree Stewart. And I know you have as well. And so I'm actually really excited to just have you know, like find out which one we're going to argue. Um, Full disclosure. I, in, when we did, this is important topics almost always I picked a side and you or Steve or Jason would pick a side and I would feel very strongly about it. And this is like, I, I wonder which side I'm about to feel strongly about because I, <laughs> you know, 
problems. Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. I love it. Uh, Logan. Uh, so call, call the set. I've got you know, heads or tails. So if I flip a heads, what do you, what's your, who are oh, you uh, arguing? If it's heads, I'll do, I'll do Stewie. Okay. And so, ta- okay. Heads, Stewie, tails, Asia. All right. Ready? It is heads. So you will be arguing on behalf of Brianna Stewart. Right? Did I? Okay. Yeah. That is what we said, right? Okay. (laughs) Like I asked that and then I flipped it and totally forgot what uh, what we had said before. Okay. So Logan's arguing for Stewie. I'll be arguing for Asia. Um, And uh, we'll see how this goes. (laughs) Because I think both of us could make arguments on either side. And... uh, and maybe towards the end, we'll give each other an opportunity to make an argument for the other one that maybe one of us missed. So uh, how we usually started these episodes is we would have an opening statement. Um, we don't really, we didn't really prepare these out. So I, I just want to give, uh, let's just since, uh, you know, uh, since you're the one that, that flipped the coin, Logan, let's have you just kind of start off. We're just kind of free forming here. So I'll let you kind of start off with a few thoughts. I'll start off with a few thoughts and then we'll, we'll get into the nitty gritty here. Of, yeah. uh, so I'm going to give you uninterrupted time here. Go ahead. All right. Listeners. Uh, Bree Stewart is the 2020 WNBA MVP. Uh, she is that because she is the best player on the best team that has been the best team for the entire season. Um, seedings be damned. They are going to win the WNBA championship and it would be awfully awkward uh, if they named her opponent an MVP before watching her deconstruct the Aces in three games in a series. Uh, Bree Stewart is a returning MVP candidate after a year off with an Achilles tear, which I don't think people realize usually takes a full year of playing just to get back to normal. Uh, instead, she has shown us why she is the engine that makes Seattle go. She is one of three players this season with a double-digit plus-minus stat. The other two are her teammates. Uh, I believe she has the biggest effect on the floor for the Seattle Storm, uh, including potentially being the reason that they did not win tonight in the two-point loss to to Vegas as she sat out one of two games this season. Uh, They're resting her because she's the most important player in the league. They're making sure she is healthy for the playoffs and a deep championship run. And uh, they're going to succeed because she has returned to her MVP status and she will be awarded that MVP uh, en route to another Seattle championship. Well stated, man. I feel like you prepared for this. Like, like maybe I should have prepared really, a little bit. That was really good. I prepared for Asia most of the day because I was like, I better have an Asia argument ready. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Um, it was good, but it wasn't. Uh, it, it, I'm sorry. Uh, Asia is actually the MVP this this season, and here's why, listeners. Um, Asia is actually the best player on the best team this season. Um, I, Logan mentioned that uh, Seattle was the best team. I'm sorry. Um, they are not the number one seed heading into these playoffs. Um, that belongs to the Las Vegas Aces. Now, while Stewie uh, technically has you know, had a, a really significant um, set of teammates around her with you know, all-stars, just uh, all over the roster there in Seattle. Asia Wilson has lost uh, her starting point guard and the other big uh, in Liz Cambage. And so two uh, all-star caliber players 
um, that Asia has lost and still found a way to will her team to a number one seed in this 2020 season. Um, she is out scoring and out rebounding and out blocking uh, Brianna Stewart. And so on both ends of the court, she's outperforming Stewie. Um, she's more integral to her team. And uh, if you want to see value, I challenge you to see how Las Vegas would fare without Asia Wilson this season. Um, and, uh, and that's why, in my opinion, she's the 2020 MVP. Logan, let's chat, like legitimately chat. What is the, what is the best case? So let's just talk stats. All right, let's just go across the board. Let's take a look at these stats because that's what a lot of people look at when you're talking like MVPs. One. Yeah, yeah, let's, let's talk stats a little bit here. All right. Um, so Stewie, um, really solid season, especially as you mentioned, coming back off the AC, ACL tire. Here's your stats, all right. Um, she averaged 19.7 points per game. And 8.3 rebounds per game. Very, very solid. Okay, good season. 3.6 assists, 1.7 steals, and 1.3 blocks. Um, good season. Good season all the way around. Um, Asia Wilson, 20.3 points per game. 8.6 rebounds per game. Two assists, 1.2 steals, and two blocks per game. Actually... A very very similar stat lines if you're looking at this these players actually like are just barely different in the majority of these categories they're they're i think within i think in all every single one of these categories they're within like one maybe one and a half like uh points or, or assists or whatever right like they're within one or one and a half of each other in every single category and uh so I'm, I'm curious why you think that the stats could, uh, could work in Stewie's favor here. Well, there's a couple stats I think he neglected to mention. Um, also, we're going to get to the eye test in a minute because I am an analytics guy, but I do believe in more than just the box score. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is something to the points per game argument, except that Bree Stewart averages about a minute less of playing time per game and averages less than a point uh, per game few I, I worded that weirdly but she's within a point per game of asia wilson despite playing slightly less so i really don't think there's that much separation stats wise at least not to hinge an mvp argument on rebounding is similar it's 8.3 versus 8.5 you know with a 22 game sample size it's, that's pretty negligible so i don't know if you can find the answer on the stats page um, we, we did skip over assists, which is important in terms of finding open, uh, <laughs> finding open players. Um, I, I think the reason that Stewie averages more assists than Asia Wilson is really what I want to talk about. It's not the number itself, although it is more, but it's the fact that so much of the defense, if you're a coach going against the Seattle Storm, so much of your defense has to be geared towards trying to limit Stewie, knowing you're not going to stop her because that's kind of been proven impossible at this point but to limit her and to force other players to score. And so, so much of Stewie's game has to rely on finding, you know, seeing the floor, finding the open woman, getting her the ball in, in a situation where she can get a good shot off. And I think she excels at that slightly more than Asia Wilson does. None of these arguments are saying that Wilson is bad at these aspects of the game. Um, there's a reason that this discussion is so close. <laughs> but 
I think defenses have to gear in more on Bree Stewart and treat her as the, the A1 priority, I guess, more than Wilson. If that's, I shouldn't say the argument that way because Asia Wilson is also the A1 on her team. But I, I think Bree Stewart causes more fits for people trying to arrange a defense. Uh, I think Bree Stewart poses more frights trying to win three games in a five-game series because of what she can do offensively and defensively. And as I mentioned before, I know the plus-minus stat isn't everything, um, but this is a Seattle team that really excels in that stat specifically because they score a lot of points when they're starting five or on the floor. And it's because Bree Stewart elevates everything that they do. And I think she does it to a higher degree than Wilson does. Wilson's played in a lot of wins this season. She's 18-4, and four, just like Stewart, but they've played in a lot of closer games. They've escaped a lot more. And I think Bree Stewart's team has shown dominance a lot more, which is why she's sitting at the end of games a lot more. Interesting. Um, I, I do think that, that, that that's, a, that's, a, that's an interesting take um, as far as her role and why the assists are a little bit higher. Um, one thing that I'll kind of bring up uh, just because you mentioned it is just the role in the offense. Um, and I think that while Stewie does carry a decent portion of the scoring load um, to be fair, she has other weapons around her that are very solid. And uh, I think that because of that, she doesn't have to do as much and teams don't have to key in on Bree Stewart as much as they have been on Asia Wilson this season. Um, on the very few occasions that the Aces have had losses, um, it's generally been because a team has somehow been able to slow Wilson down. And uh, I think that because Asia has uh, just – and not, not much. I'm not, I'm not again, trying to, to diss on Las Vegas's roster, but just the reality is that Las Vegas doesn't have the depth of – of all-star caliber talent that that Seattle is is possessing this season and because of that teams have been needing to key on Asia which in my opinion makes her stats that much more impressive that despite teams having to double down um, on Asia for you know just to to have a chance for them to to win Asia's been able to overcome defenses keying in on her more to continue to put up these stats um, that um, that are, are putting her in this MVP discussion. Now, in my opinion, if I have a big, the two most important things that I want from that player are points and rebounds. If I can get uh, my big scoring, that's going to open things up on the outside for my for my shooters. Um, and if they can rebound and get us uh, get us more possessions in the game, then then that's that's exactly what you want from your big. Um, in addition to maybe, uh, maybe blocks being third on that list. Uh, and it just so happens, Logan, that Asia Wilson is averaging better, uh, better numbers in all three of those categories. So if you're going to talk position, which these two do play a similar position, um, I think that Asia is, is putting up better numbers in the three main categories uh, for that position. And I think that's why, in my opinion, she, she comes out, you know, and edges Stewie in this, in this scenario. I do like to talk about numbers, Kyle. In fact, I want to talk about five statistical areas instead of just the three that, that Wilson specializes in, because I think that's actually really important. 
uh, not just for the sake of this debate because it's a lot of fun, but because I think Stuart's versatility is is really the reason that I lean Stuart. I, I know we did the coin flip and I've been thinking of a Wilson argument all day, but the more I, I dig into this, the more I really believe it is Stewie because she plays the best at every position and she plays the best everywhere. I think it's important to note that the other MVP candidates like Parker and Wilson generally take their shots really close to the hoop. Um, a large over half their their shot. I have the percentages if you want them. It's 54% of Wilson's shots come within nine feet of the hoop. Only 40% of Stewart's shots do. She can play further out. She can play, I think, again, this is, <laughs> we're comparing two players on such the highest edge of being elite that little differences matter. I was going to say, I'm looking at some of these stats and they're like, minuscule differences <laughs> so close but i think the ability for stewart to step out away from the basket and still do damage matters and she does it a little bit better than wilson there's also five statistical categories where stewart is a top 15 player in the league and there are no other players in the league that are top 15 in all five categories because they're so specialized so for instance vandersloot's number one in assists she's also 27 in steals and 28 in points and she's a bunch of other like top 40 and top 50 in these other um, categories but I'm talking points rebounds assists steals blocks um, Candace Parker number one in rebounds number nine in assists number nine in blocks she falls apart when it comes to steals and points Wilson number two in points per game number seven in rebounds per game number one in blocks per game but she's number 52 in assists and she's number 33 in steals so there's you know these highs and lows when you look at the box score and the numbers where other players are, are ranked higher than Stewart in certain categories, but the aggregate across all the categories, Stewart is the most consistently good player across the league. She's the only player, number four in points, 10 in rebounds, 15 in assists, eight in steals, seven in blocks. There's no other player that does that like to the degree that she does that. She's everywhere on defense. She's everywhere on offense. She can shoot close to the hoop with her footwork. She can shoot far away from the hoop, which, by the way, Wilson doesn't do ever, uh, which I think is worth noting. Um, and ultimately, I think that makes Stewie the more versatile player. And when it comes down to it, if I was to start a team today and, I'm, and we were doing a league-wide fantasy draft, I think these players would go one and two. Every GM and coach in the league would agree they're one and two. But I think one is Stewie for that reason. Interesting. Uh, hey, great argument as far as stats go. I kind of brought in that first topic. Uh, you mentioned eye test. Is that where you want to go next, or do you have another another area that you want to attack here? Mm, we can do eye test. Let's do it. Okay, let's hear it. So it, as far as eye test goes, now <laughs> this feels really weird arguing against uh, Bree Stewart and for Asia because, again, we should stop making this this uh, this like caveat to our arguments because they're both really, really freaking good. Um, <laughs> I test, I test across the board. Um, when you look at the role that Asia Wilson has played this season, now there's been some ups, there's been some downs for both of these teams for Seattle and for Las Vegas. Let's admit that. Um, but across the board, the consistency that you saw from Asia Wilson, uh, not only in the statistical categories, but as an inspiration to her team, I think is where the eye test really comes into play for me. Now, as the leader of her team in only her third season in the league, 
She's the vocal leader. She's the one leading things in timeouts. And that's considering the fact that she's got veterans like Angel McCautry and she's got Kayla McBride. Like she's got some solid players around her and she is the leader. So the eye test to me isn't just, okay, how are they moving on the floor? But it's the impact that they have on their, on their squad uh, across the board in the locker room, in the timeouts, uh, you know, on the court, motivating, motivating each other. Um, and I think that there was a lot of times that, uh, to be frank, like, and because they, they blew a lot of teams out that the storm just seemed disinterested and, uh, having a, a squad like Las Vegas who had a few more close games allowed Asia Wilson to step up, to be that leader, to inspire her teammates and to really kind of make her mark on this league and, and solidify it even more than it was last season. Um, you know, she's come in and, and a, since in the last three seasons, she really has played phenomenal basketball all, all across the board. But this season I think is where she took that huge leap forward in being like the person for the Las Vegas aces. Um, and she, and she had to do that with, with missing two of their starting players from last season with Plum out with injury and Liz Cambage not playing this season. Um, being able to step in and still will that team who's missing those two players to a number one seed, I don't see how you could, how you could argue against Asia Wilson passing the side test with flying colors. I, I want to go back to where you were shaming the Seattle Storm for blowing teams out for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to let that go unchecked. Um, I'm glad I'm glad you got notes on it yet. <laughs> you, you, you make some good points, and I do hear them all, and I've thought of them all myself. But ultimately, I, we talk a lot, even outside of this specific discussion, about what the MVP means. Is it just the best player on the best team? Is it the player that if you plucked off of the team would completely fall apart the most? Um, to me, it's the player that, that does the most in the most important parts of the game. Um, that means clutch down the stretch, and it means getting off to a strong start. Um, because even though you can't win a game in the first quarter, the Storm are undefeated this year when leading after the first quarter. Uh, Stewart averages the most points in first quarters this season. She averages the third most rebounds in, in first quarters this season, which means she's limiting possessions for the other team and she's the most efficient player in the first quarter scoring wise. Um, I, I don't think it's as easy to quantify defense, um, but she is just one of four players in the league to average a steal at a block per game. Uh, the others are uh, basically MVP fringe candidates like Candace Parker and Nafisa Collier. Uh, <laughs> but the ability to bring unique amounts of defense that only a handful of players are playing and average the most points in early strong starts, um, I think is the reason why she plays a little bit less per game and doesn't have to score quite as much because she's not playing down the stretch in a lot of clutch minutes the way Wilson has to because her team requires her to. Um, that's a team problem, not a personal problem. But um, down the stretch, I, I also think uh, Stewart has proven that she is the more clutch player. Um, I'm pulling a lot of these numbers from a really good athletic article, by the way. I didn't just pull these out of my butt. Um, <laughs> so, so we appreciate uh, the athletic for caring about the WNBA to put some of these together. But I do think it's important. I, I'm not just trying to rip them off. But this is, I, I think it's eye-opening to see that, that Stewie in, 
in clutch situations, which is has a specific definition, but it's basically like the last five minutes of close games. In clutch situations, Stewie averages a bucket about every minute, uh, and Wilson averages one about every minute 40. And again, we're talking about the razor's edge of difference between. I was going to say, yeah. And I hate, I hate, you know, making that caveat over and over again. But if you had to choose, like if your life was on the line, you have to choose a player to, to play for your life. I'm going to choose the player that's scoring early and often, that's grabbing a top three amount of rebounds, that's playing top four defense, and that down the stretch, I can rely on getting a bucket every two or three possessions. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm glad you brought up that clutch down the stretch, uh, you know, uh, aspect of this because, you know, looking at how Las Vegas has closed out this season, I, I think that uh, I would love to discuss clutch down the stretch. Now, just one episode ago, Logan, you and I were discussing how Las Vegas uh, was facing a really tough schedule to end the, the season on. And that, had, you know, were they to drop a couple of these games, they could drop several seeds and go down and, uh, and, and finish as low as four or even five and miss out on a first round bye. Um, since that has taken place, Las Vegas finished the season on a six-game winning streak, uh, four of those games being against playoff teams, and the last three games. So the last three games to really kind of clinch that double-by scenario, and eventually the number one seed was against Minnesota, the four seed, the Sparks, the three seed, and the Seattle Storm, who, as you very well know, are not the number one seed, but the number two seed this season. They're both 18 and four. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the difference? How do you – what's the tiebreaker again? I'm trying to remember. Hmm. Must be that Las, Las – yeah, I'm sorry. Las Vegas is the number one seed. And six – so they, again, a six-game winning streak when they they had the potential to drop, or the potential to go ahead and and went out and and really take charge of this playoff of this playoff race heading into into the final um, into the final couple of games of the regular season, and they beat each of each of these teams pretty convincingly outside of the two-point victory that they had against Seattle today. Now. Going up against a team like Seattle, who, again, is a phenomenal team, one of the best teams in WNBA history that we've seen, and Las Vegas beating them to take that number one seed um, behind the efforts of Asia Wilson, in my opinion, is, is phenomenal. Now, just for reference sake, just to see how she's played over these last couple games, um, against these top three seeds, right? These top three teams that, they, that she played the last couple of games, uh, she, she's dropped 20 points, 19 points, and then 23 points. Previous, uh, previous to that against Indiana as a little bit of a warm-up game heading into this last murderer's row stretch, she dropped 22 and had 16 rebounds. So when you talk about a player putting it out all on the line, isn't necessarily the player that's going to, uh, score every time at the end, but is finding a way to win. You know, Michael Jordan passed to Steve Kerr for a reason. Asia Wilson is willing is is the type of player that's willing to kick the ball out to Kayla McBride or find a slashing Danielle Robinson um, or, uh, or or dropping a, a big to big inside pass to Derek Hamby 
She's a winner. She won while she was in college. She wins while she's in the WNBA. And in my opinion, I think that she's one, she's either this season or next season going to have a WNBA championship to her name. And in my opinion, there's no better case for clutch down the stretch than looking at actual clutch games down the stretch and how she's performed and getting the W's. That is a tricky stat. That's like the, it's like the most come from behind fourth quarter wins quarterback stat, which always belongs to quarterbacks who throw the ball to the other team and then have to come back because they're losing. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Brady? Is that Tom Brady? (laughs) But it's a, it's, it's a tricky stat. And I, you know, you can see why we decided to do this debate, debate on, on Mike, because there are so many, if, if you want to go be a diehard for either one of these candidates, I think you can find, oh, for sure. find a lot of guns. <laughs> but the tough thing for Stewie, here's, here's the, let's do an honesty corner. Let's do a, let's do a, here's what I'm worried about. Corner. Sidebar. Okay. <laughs> the tough thing for Stewie is sitting out of tonight's game and losing that game by two to Vegas when we would have much rather seen her out there and see a mano a mano. Like, I, I think that would have told us a lot more um, to, to see both of them going at it. And I honestly, I, I get the Storm's perspective. I get Stewie's perspective. They know that they're a good team. They know they can't fall out of the top two. And they know that they want to make a championship run and they decided to prioritize rest and far be it from me to hold that against them. I'm a big proponent of rest and player health. Uh, I would have liked to see, uh, even without Sue Bird in the game, I would have liked to see the Stewie Wilson matchup uh, because that versatility uh, in going head to head, you know, you don't, <laughs> you don't always get to see players like this that we're discussing go head to head. I just used a quarterback example people always act like quarterbacks play against each other. They don't, they play against the other, the other guy's defense. So they, you know, it's never, I will succeed because you fail at defense. Like it is in basketball. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I'm sad. We didn't get to see it and that they ended up with tied records and that they're going to end up getting in as the one seed Vegas will because of a tiebreaker because of a game tonight that I don't think Seattle necessarily put a lot of priority on. Um, That's a bummer. (laughs) I, I think Seattle t- tried to do the mature thing and say, you know, we, we just want to be ready for the playoffs because we know we have the stuff to win it all. And I think Vegas smartly said, we will take everything from you that we can in order to get an advantage because that's how you win championships. And I do think these will be the final two teams. And I do think the MVP will be on the winning team. I just think they're going to nominate Bree Stewart because of all the arguments that have been made today. I think throughout the season, I hate using the word narrative because it shouldn't play into awards at all. But the narrative has been the Storm are dominating everybody by double digits. The only games they've lost are games where they fell asleep, like against the Fever after a huge win, or <laughs> where they sat people out at the end of the season for, you know, what's the phrase that the Rockets always like? Uh, management, something, load management. Load management. Yeah, lo- I can't like speak, but yeah. Management game because they knew they were safe and already in the playoffs in the semis and they didn't care about that that's the level of almost arrogance they're playing with is we don't care who we play in the playoffs we're gonna annihilate them (laughs) i am not a proponent of having that attitude i'd much rather have the vegas we're gonna take everything we can get attitude but i think seattle has that because they've earned that confidence i think Bruce Stewart gives them that confidence 
I'm really, I actually am glad that you bring up narrative because I think that that actually does play a role in how we look at these two players. Um, Bree Stewart coming back off a, uh, an, an injured Achilles, obviously is going to be a big story. Um, but I think a lot of people looked at the Seattle Storm team and kind of realized who they were before the season even started. Um, they knew they were going to be a top team, uh, barring any major injuries. Um, you know, Stewie's playing a, a, next to three all-stars on the starting roster. Um, and, uh, and it is. It's a great narrative to have Stewie come back from injury after winning MVP and winning a championship, having to sit out a year and come back and trying to do it again. Have, that's a great comeback story. It's awesome. The narrative of the Las Vegas Aces is different and, in my opinion, a stronger case. I think a lot of people were looking at Stewart and saying, hey, if she's back to full strength, she's going to win the MVP because that's just who she is and kind of almost crowned her a little bit before the season even started. Within the first couple games of the season, a lot of people clamoring like, oh, Stewie's MVP, Stewie MVP. And to take that uh, away from a player, to be able to play at a level that causes people to stop and say, wait a second, this player who we thought was a shoe-in for MVP, we actually have to go take a second glance at this other player that takes a lot of effort. It especially takes a lot of effort when you have as many question marks coming into this season as the Las Vegas Aces did. Uh, I've already mentioned Liz Cambage and, uh, and Kelsey Plum being on from the team. I also have to bring up the fact that they did bring in, bring in another weapon to try and help, uh, help with that in Angel McCautry. However, Angel McCautry also missed last season because of an injury uh, to her knee. And so there was no telling where they were. The, the aces in, in a lot of our preseason episodes, Logan, were the team that had a lot of question marks, potential to run, you know, to, to make a run at the finals, potential to, poten- potential to even come close to missing the playoffs. And to have Asia Wilson take that scenario in only the third year playing in this league and to have the gumption, the gusto, the – what, the moxie, whatever you want to call it, to will her team to taking that number one seed into the playoffs is, is just one of the more beautiful narratives uh, you know, that, I, that I've seen in modern sports. I think that what she has done with this team, uh, again, not just on the court, but in her leadership to instill some of these players that, um, that are new to the aces and, and to help make up for a lot of those big losses that they had uh, from last season um, is just, is nothing short of, of absolutely impressive to me. So if there is a narrative, which I think does come into play when media look, the media loves a story. Bree's got a good story. Asia has a phenomenal story. And that's why I think the media is going to go ahead and give her this award. Yeah. I, if I had to guess at what the media is going to do, I, I actually don't know. That's, <laughs> that's, that's so true, dude. I, I, we said that in pre-record. I was like, dude, I, good I luck. How, good luck guessing on this. First one. of all, I haven't been able to figure out even who gets a vote because lots of people who probably should have one don't. Um, and so I've I don't even know that as well. Or it's probably, it, it's a, I think it's a group of about 40. It's not a big group of people. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of times the way sports <laughs> awards go is it becomes just kind of an echo chamber. It's why narrative is so important, is you hear people talk about Bree Stewart, best player, best team. 
and you hear people talk about Asia Wilson is like, oh, they lost Cam Beige and look, they're right there, 18 before they're tied with the the Storm and they've number one seed. And whichever one of that those narratives gets the most talk and the most momentum feels like will be the player people choose. But I'm not in that circle, so I don't know who that is. And I think it will be close no matter what. Uh, I if I'm being 100% honest, I'm still in the honesty corner. I'd be happy to see either player get it. Uh, there's there's not any ounce of me that would feel uh, miffed if if uh, Stewie didn't get it for Wilson and Wilson didn't get it for Stewie. I think it, it kind of sucks that one of them will lose out on it this year um, after a great season. I just think, like, practically, with all the things we've talked about, if I was a coach trying to prepare my team for the playoffs, I think it's harder to prepare for Bruce Stewart's game. Uh, I think she anchors more of the defense and is more of a, a defensive stalwart. I think she can step outside and hit shots from more places on offense. And she's just slightly more of a terror to deal with than Asia Wilson. <laughs> I, I don't want to face either of them. I want to go home and cry and wrap up in a blanket and not be in the playoffs. Against them. <laughs> That's why I'm not there. That's why I'm here podcasting. Yeah. Um, but that's that's ultimately what it comes down to is if you had to give me the choice of who I'd rather play, uh, Stewart's just the last player I would ever want to see in a playoff series. <laughs> and Asia's the second to last. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for for just completely emotional reasons, DT might be number two. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I'll I'll give you that. DT might be number one on my list of who I don't want to face. I would never. I would never want to be on the other team. Right, <laughs> <laughs> like never. Um, so, Logan, we, we're going to go ahead and, and wrap this up. Uh, I, I want to take a chance for us to to flip sides here. I want to have you make a quick case for Asia and me. You know, and, and basically, is there anything that I missed? You know, in arguing Asia and and vice versa um, that we want to bring up, just so that listeners know how much you and I have discussed this and and how truly split each one of us is it's not that like one of us has one opinion and the other it doesn't we both have flipped and back and forth on this over the last several days and today made it even more difficult with with Las Vegas beating Seattle um, which by the way actually isn't it crazy that two of Seattle's losses are the two times that they played Las Vegas and here you know I I don't know. Like, I just, I'm excited to see what happens this playoff season because while I do think that anybody playing Seattle in a series is, is just going to get wrecked. Las Vegas is undefeated against Seattle this season. Now it's only two games, but yeah. I, again, there's, this is unknowable. And so I don't want to make this like a hinge point of any sort of argument for Stewie, but I, I do believe that just from watching lots of basketball, this is what I believe. I think, Seattle knows Vegas is probably the biggest threat to their championship run this year. And they didn't want to show them anything in the regular season. Like mm. not, not earlier in the season when they lost, but this but tonight for the playoffs, mm. I think the reason you rest Stewie is you're saying like, we're going to go out. No, no coach goes out there with their squad and tries to lose or anything like that. I'm just, I think they rested Stewie knowing we're safe because we're in the top two. It doesn't matter if we're one or two let's not show Vegas our hand until it's go time in the finals. I really believe that that was why she's at tonight. I love it. 
Um, that would be cool. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it totally makes sense. Yeah, like I, I have zero reason to think that that isn't the case. So uh, anything, what, anything that I missed with Asia? Any you other know, argument we got to make with Asia? Touch on, but I think the fact that they lost defensive anchor Liz Cambage and – they are still not just 18 and four in the record books, but they're still a feisty defense and that Asia Wilson has improved all of her offensive statistics um, significantly from last year, um, basically to make up for Cambridge's absence um, as well. As, I, I don't know if you guys have played basketball lately, but it takes an incredible amount of effort to play defense. Mm-hmm. The fact that she's playing more, four more minutes a game, she's scoring four more points a game. She's, improved in every category over last season to make up for Cambage and, and been able to carry her team. I, I, that's, that's really the element of it. I, I don't think Stewart is required to carry her team through the regular season. Yeah. Think, that's, that, that's well, one thing that I think we, that burden in the playoffs because she can, but I don't think she had to. Yeah. Wilson had to, or they would not be a top two team and would not be, you know, getting the double by, Wilson had to do that and she came through. And I think that's a difference. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. That's one thing I think just for like sake of time and where argument goes, like when you, it, it really depends on how you think of value, right? When we talk about most valuable player. And again, I think this is something that, and I'll bring this up again for, for Brianna Stewart and you, I think, I think you did a really solid job of, of touching on this. If you if you describe value, most valuable, meaning, the player that you would want to start a franchise with. Um, then you have one argument. If you think value to their team that they are currently on, you have another argument. Um, and I think both players are probably one and two on each side of those arguments. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it was really interesting to see. Um, uh, you know, I, I think, I think for you, what I would have, maybe I, and I, just what I want to touch on more with Stewie is that there are a lot of times that Stewie sat just extra minutes um, because she need, like, because she could. And other times that she was getting minutes on the court, but wasn't, but it was, you know, late in games and they're up by 15 or 20 that she's not having to take over. And I think that had they been missing maybe like a, a, uh, maybe like a Jewel Lloyd or a, a Natasha Howard or maybe the best one, maybe Alicia Clark, right? Like maybe if they're missing an Alicia Clark, that that some of those games get closer and Stewie's going to have to do more. And I think that does up her statistics quite a bit. I think that any player that's playing in blowouts uh, is going to, you know, stars that, you know, are sitting more or aren't playing as intensely down the stretch you know, they're not going to be needing to get buckets. You know, they're going to be passing the ball around, you know, it's taking time off the clock. So even though they're on the court, they're not rushing to score. They're just wasting time off the clock. And so their, you know, offense and, and their statistics aren't going to be as high as someone else. So I do think that's a great argument for Stewie um, as, as well. I think that, I think that she's what she does in actual time on the court uh, is, is really impressive. I th- believe, let me look this up really quick. Um, she is the number one uh, most efficient player per game and the most efficient player per 40 minutes by a significant amount in per 40 minutes. 
Um, Bree Stewart, like her, just her efficiency when she's on the court is, is very, very high. Again, I think some of that has to do with, she's got three all-stars alongside her, but you can't, you can't deny the fact that she is just very dominant when she's on the court and makes a huge difference. The toughest thing about arguing Stewart's case this season is just how strong that team is around her. Yeah. I believe I, it depends on I, if it's anything like the NBA where they vote before the playoffs, which I think is wild. Um, I, I don't like that the NBA does awards before the playoffs. Because mm-hmm. I do think the playoffs should, should have some impact on it. I, that's what people remember from year to year, right? Um, I, if they vote before the playoffs and there's, I, I think last year, Deladon got like 41 out of 43 first place votes. It was like nearly unanimous. Mm-hmm. If it's before the playoffs, I, I think Bree Stewart will win because I think a lot of media people probably made their minds up before tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, but I think it will be narrow. Uh, if we get to the playoffs and we get to the two, you know, we both assume, I think, that these two teams will face each other. Um, and I think so it's, I, I think it's the most likely scenario. Yeah, I think like, that I think not, LA, I think Minnesota, Minnesota. Yeah, but, you know, we we expect these teams to not get bounced in in that semifinal round. Um, mm-hmm. Way to put money on it. And I I so badly wish we could see what Seattle looks like when Bree Stewart has no reason to hold back. Like we're playing her full minutes. We're playing give her the ball. You know, we are not tiptoeing around it because we're up by 20 and it's, you know, it's the bubble and we're just trying to get to the postseason. I think Seattle's whole year has been geared towards let's get to the postseason healthy because we have a real shot. Like we are, I think. We should win this, yeah. Uh, I have a question for you that just came up as you, as you were talking. Um, and we'll, we'll wrap this up on this question alone just because I think it's kind of fun. If you took Bree Stewart and put her on the Aces and you take Asia Wilson and put her on the Storm, do you think what do you think the biggest difference is on these teams? Do you think that they still are finishing the same uh order? Do you think their head-to-head matchups change? Like what do you what do you think changes if you switch Stewie and Asia on each other's squads? Uh I believe the Aces chance of winning that series in that scenario goes from what I put it at now, which is like 30% to closer to like 45%. Okay. So you Um, think Brie, you think Brie gives Las Vegas a better chance to win than Asia does. I do. I, I, and I, I think entirely because of the defensive end, I I think she does more defensively for that team. Uh, And it, you know, almost entirely just because of size and and versatility um, Mm -hmm. that I've harped on too much today already. Um, but that's again it's it's a hard it's a hard line because they're just so good and they do a lot of similar things I just think Stewart does a little bit more uh, and particularly without Cam Beige um, I think having Stewart there instead of Asia gives them uh, a slight boost to, to where they're at now but let's be honest Asia <laughs> Asia Wilson on this Seattle team would be oh my uh, gosh I want that so bad <laughs> I would just want to see it for like a couple of games uh, because because defensively in the paint, um, that Vegas team would be so, so good defensively. But what about Jewel Lloyd? Yeah. You know, if, if you have Asia driving and dishing and the, the defense is protecting the paint and collapsing 
I think Seattle has so many shooters that they're just going to feast from the outside. So what, what came to my, my mind was inserting Stewie into more of like a direct leadership role. I'm excited to see Stewie post Sue bird. Is that, is that weird to say? Like, I think, I think Sue has been kind of this player coach motivator for so long on the Seattle team that Brie hasn't had to step up and be that. And I think she's, she has a bit, but not like if you have Sue bird on your team, you're just not right. Same thing. Like there's players who could on Phoenix, but nobody is because DT. Right. Um, but if you, you know, I, I would, I would be very interested to see Brie play for Las Vegas where she would kind of have to be that a one alpha type, like vocal leader out there and see how Asia plays under uh, a team that Sue is, is probably going to be your vocal leader on, on the court and in the huddle. I, I just, I would love to see, and I don't have a prediction at all on how those, on how either of them would do in either of those scenarios but I do think that that would be a really interesting, interesting way to see them interact with each other's teams in that, in that regard. So Logan, that was fun, man. And all I will say is, uh, I, I, I kind of almost wanted to, to argue Brie. I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't know who I wanted to argue. I, I would think Brie and then I think Asia, then I think Brie, um, yeah, like that was that was a lot of fun. And it's funny every time you were talking, I'm like, yeah, that's a really good point. Like, I, oh, I, 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 sh- I should vote for Bree. And then I'm like, wait, 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 no, I have to think of a counter argument to this. Like this whole time, like I really, I don't believe in looking at box scores and points per game and being like that player is better because there's so much more to basketball than that. And you have to yeah. watch games to really understand that. But with players so close, uh, it it does matter. And and Asia does. I think he, you know, I mentioned. Bree Stewart has like the better average across all these different statistics, but what Asia has been able to do this season warrants MV, like heavy MVP consideration because it's yeah. just, uh, and she, <laughs> that's, that's the story I fall in love with the most. I think it's a romantic notion to have a player come back from an injury and lead a stacked team to a title, um, like returning to a title. I, I do believe that that's, you know, a touching kind of a moving like Disney story type thing. I think it's more, more in line with my underdog tendencies to be like Asia Wilson, like Liz Cambage is out. Kelsey Plum is out. And she and Bill Lambeer like, doesn't matter. San Antonio was bottom of the league, like way like terrible, right? They moved to Las Vegas. They draft Asia Wilson and within three years, she's got them at the top of the standings at the end of the regular season, poised to make a run at the at a championship. Like I, I love that. I love that. You know, coming from the absolute bottom of the league, one player gets drafted and and makes that huge whole cultural shift in that in that organization. I, I think it's I think it's awesome. But I mean. How, it's hard to hold anything against Stewie because she happens to play on a team with a lot of good players. Like, yeah, you can't hold that against her and say, you know, that's, that's a reason why you shouldn't win because of who you get to play with. Like, yeah, it's, it's an argument you can't make against Stewie, but it's an argument that you can't ignore for Asia in the positive sense, if that makes sense. I really, when, when it comes down to it, I'm sorry that this isn't spicy, 
listeners. Uh, and thank you for listening to this debate. And I'm, I'm hoping that we made all the points that you would have us make. When it comes down to it, I, I'm just excited to see who gets it. But I, I will understand it either way. <laughs> like, I will understand it either way. And I'll be either way. I'll be a little bit sad for the other player and stoked for whoever gets it. What, what I think, what I think might make the most sense is that the league will give MVP to Asia Wilson and kind of solidify her as, you know, Elena Deladon, Bree Stewart, Asia Wilson. Like these are the, like the trio. These are our three, but, but, Bree Stewart's going to get over it in a hurry because she's going to win another ring. (laughs) I like that take, actually. I think that getting it to Asia to solidify her as like, yeah, which makes it sound like they didn't really mull it over and they just thought, hmm, what's the narrative? No, I just just think that's a nice way for it to end for both of them. That's that's like best case scenario for the league. Neither of them would take the MVP award over a championship. That's 100% true. Both of these players would much rather have a championship than, than an MVP, which speaks as to part of the reason why they're in the MVP discussion. So Logan, this was fun. Uh, Hey, will you give a quick rundown on how people can get interact with us, especially maybe uh, given their takes on this debate uh, and how they can contact us and interact and, and give us their thoughts. Yes. Let us know your takes on the MVP discussion uh, at our Twitter. We are at, WNBA Nation Pod on Twitter, and we want to hear from you. Also, be on the lookout. Sorry, we uh, we're gonna slam you with episodes in the next couple of days, but we obviously have our playoff preview with all four hosts. That's gonna be available to everybody. It's gonna be tons of fun. That's gonna be available wherever you're listening to this podcast now. Um, and speaking of that, if you want other people to be able to find our podcast and enjoy uh, that gathering, which uh, doesn't happen very often. Um, please give us a five-star review. Uh, it helps us float to the top of sports podcasts and helps other people find uh, our show. Uh, and if you are willing, you can also check out our Patreon page, uh, which has some awesome kickbacks and gifts that we send out to uh, people for various levels of patronage. And it helps us keep this show awesome. And uh, we really appreciate the people that go, uh, go out of their way to help support the show. We also, now that Jason is back in the States, we might even be able to get back to uh our our old method of of recording where uh i don't sound like i'm underwater Um, yeah (laughs) apologies we're doing this because uh because it's easy and it's uh it's it's convenient but we'll hopefully get back to a little bit better audio quality across the board we just wanted to get episodes up and quickly edited because i'm generally not the editor and jason had to like you know learn how to save people's lives and so so we allowed we allowed that to happen so you're getting quick edits but uh but yeah hopefully we'll get a little bit better quality soon we really do we appreciate all the support and all the interaction i I love seeing people retweet our stuff and answering questions and just being excited about the league and playoff time is the best time to be doing that just a super fast 10 second jason story uh we all got together and we went uh to top golf which is essentially a fancy driving range with tvs the other day and we got some sort of dessert where you inject like chocolate and raspberry stuff into donut holes. And Jason hasn't been able to, to kind of do the editing thing lately because he's been in med school. And in the middle of me injecting a donut hole with chocolate sauce, he leaned over and goes, that's not how you do that. <laughs> Cause it looks like syringes, like literal syringes that you're injecting into the donut holes. And he's like, I could do that better. Yeah. <laughs> if you're wondering if you're wondering where Jason's at, he's learning really important stuff. 
yeah <laughs> he might save your life one day so <laughs> all right well thank you all for listening uh to this we were going to do this as a mini episode it ended up being a little bit longer but that's okay um but uh guys it's about time for the playoffs thank you for for listening so much to logan and i throughout this regular season logan it was fun to just do a regular season with you to just you know kind of get through this uh together to you know we texted each other a lot over the last several weeks is you've just been like, Hey, like I can't catch this game. Can you catch, can you watch it? You know, like some of that stuff going on and, and Hey, when can you record, you know, with, with a lot of craziness going on all around us. And, and it was, it was a lot of fun to hop on and, and do, do some of these episodes with you. I'm also extremely excited to have Jason and Steve back um, because they add so much to this show. Um, but, uh, thanks again for listening, everybody for WNBA nation. I'm Kyle Haywood. I'm Logan Jones. And we got you next time.